Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and today's episode is how we would say, but a dream. We're talking all things Sandman, folks. And who better to do this with us than our special correspondent, Melinda? Hey, friend, how's it going? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I am exhausted yeah. from last night. Oh my gosh. And all the fun, so fun we had. But before we talk all things Sandman, Melinda and I and her roommate, Dana, had the, I'll, I'll call it a privilege. We got to go to Disney Plus's Hallow Stream event where we saw the Marvel Werewolf by Night premiere. It was so much fun. It was at the Hollywood Cemetery. It was a full moon. It was so wild. Like they planned this perfectly. Everybody should go visit the Hollywood Cemetery. It was so much fun. So explain to our listeners how you got these tickets to this super fun event. Well, it was early in the morning and I was scrolling through my usual social media postings and it came across my feed. It had posted maybe like 15, 20 minutes prior. And I thought, well, this might be fun. Wasn't super interested in World by Night at the time and got the tickets. They were free. And I figured what the heck, like it would be a fun night out at the cemetery. And if we didn't go, wouldn't be a big deal. Wouldn't be disappointed. And then the reviews came rolling in. And the reviews for it were fantastic. And I heard that Michael Giacchino did a fantastic job with his directorial debut. And I had called you up and I was like, we're going. (laughs) The three of us coordinated, like you brought a charcuterie board and plates. And we brought tea sandwiches and the picnic blanket. And it was so much fun. They did do a double feature where they showed the Halloween episode of WandaVision before they showed Warlf by night. And Werewolf by Night came on and Dana was stretched out and just, she was laughing through the whole thing. She really loved it. I was fixated on it. You were like wrapped up in your hoodie (laughs) (laughs) and you were just staring. We really enjoyed it. And the events they had at the cemetery, there was pumpkin painting and there was face painting and there was all these photo ops and they had a bunch of food vendors and it was a lot of fun. I was nervous about the parking situation, but that wasn't an issue at all. And we were able to see Toto. You wanted it. You had said on the way over, I really want to see Toto. And we're like, okay, well, you know, we'll keep an eye out for it. And we found Toto on the way back to the car and it was fantastic. It was so good. I was so impressed with the whole setup. It was done very well. I was like, okay guys, let's be respectful to the dead. And then I'm over here like Johnny Ramone. Are you kidding me right now? This guy's amazing. There's Mickey Rooney. I want to come back during the day. I wasn't sure how they were going to do the setup on the lawn because I was like, we're sitting on some graves for sure. No, it was an empty lawn and they were projecting the short on the mausoleum wall and it was done very well, but amazing events. I do it again in a heartbeat. 10 out of 10 would do it again. Give me a graveyard yeah. grave. I'm here for it. That and is the- probably next on the bucket list. Rave at the grave. Rave at the grave. Yep. <laughs> oh let's do it. God. And the and the stuff they handed out, they gave out really good quality tote bags. I'm, yeah. I'm such a millennial. I was like, <laughs> right. yes, a bag. <laughs> a free bag. You live in California when it's, you can't. 
get plastic bags anymore. You're like, give me all <laughs> the free canvas bags you can. Yeah. So much fun. And the pictures came out so great. I think one of my favorite ones that we took was a black and white one in front of the world by night sign. This was a fantastic way to start off Halloween. I freaking loved it. It has for sure set the bar and call me biased, but I love Laura Donnelly and she was phenomenal in Werewolf by Night. So before we jump into the tea, we've got some casting for you. There is a large ensemble. So for casting, we have Tom Sturridge, who is Dream, aka Morpheus. We have Vivian Ashtonbank, who is Lucian. Gwendolyn Christie, Lucifer Morningstar. We have Venesu Samunye, who is Rose Walker. And we have Patton Oswalt as Matthew the Raven. So the Sandman is based off of Neil Gaiman's graphic novel that was published 30 years ago. And it is about a wizard attempting to capture death to bargain for eternal life, but traps her younger brother Dream instead. Fearful for his safety, the wizard kept him imprisoned in a glass bottle for decades. After his escape, Dream, also known as Morpheus, goes on a quest for his lost objects of power. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready okay. for some tea? Let's talk about the Sandman. Let's talk like, about the Sandman. All right, folks. This is a part of the show where we spill the tea. This is your spoiler alert. So if you don't want spoilers, now's your chance to tune out and come back later. You had a couple interesting fun facts that caught my attention about the sleeping sickness. In The Sandman, they introduce a character, Unity, who succumbs to sleep. Like she basically cannot wake up and they call it the sleeping sickness. And this is actually something that happened. And I was watching the Sandman. I thought, no, I, why do I know this? Like, this isn't new. And the sleeping sickness is called encephalitis lethargica. And it was an epidemic that happened in like the mid 1910s to the 1930s. And it affected like at least half a million of people in Europe, which is a lot. That's Cons- wild. Right. And it was known as the sleepy sickness or the sleeping sickness. And it hasn't emerged since uh, they have no idea why or how it was caused. And it just showed up and it's characterized by high fevers, headaches. You have double vision, delayed physical and mental response and lethargy. And in acute cases, patients may enter a coma. They brought that up just after dream is captured in 1917. You see cases of this dream disorder happening around the world. And yeah, it actually occurred in, in real life. So Tom Sturridge was actually kidnapped. That's how right, I'm interpreting right? this. He was actually entrapped in a glass bottle for a hundred years. He just let himself get trapped and effed up the whole rotation for <laughs> dreams. That's what I'm hearing, right? Sure. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Way to go, Tom. After I had watched the Sandman, I had a couple of questions. And one of them was, well, why did Dream threaten his sibling Desire after finding out about Rose? I couldn't find the connection why Rose was such a big deal. And per Neil Gaiman himself, uh, the Endless cannot spill family blood. If they do, they have to deal with the kindly ones who we've met various forms in the show. They're essentially the fates. Okay. So you do not want to get them mad. And had Dream killed Rose, he would have unwittingly spilled family blood. 
And that is what desire was trying to get dream to do. And that connection for me wasn't apparent until later on. And I had to do some research for myself. Okay. It took me till episode 10 to figure that out. mm -hmm. But I was kind of wondering like, what is desire's purpose in this show other than being like kind of creepy and stunning at the same time? I was just like, you cannot look that good on a regular basis. Excuse me, desire. How dare you? Yes. All right. Serious question time, my friend. What was your favorite episode? My favorite episode? Well, I'm probably going to say episode six. Same, dude. Right. It was the sound of her wings. And I told everyone who I saw about Sandman after seeing death handle all of these encounters. It was beautifully done. And that has to be my favorite episode. Yes. Kirby Howell Baptiste plays death, which is dreams sibling. And she did a phenomenal job. She knocked it out of the park and she plays death as a very sympathetic being. I I don't know. I've just never thought about death in that perspective or that light. Even if I would have read the graphic novel, it never would have crossed my mind to, to think of death that way. And she captured it beautifully. She's going to get all the awards. The Grim Reaper better look like Kirby Howell Baptiste because that's the only way I'm going to go willingly as far as someone just like holding my hand, coaching me right on, hey, it's your time. (laughs) Come with Um, me. Yeah, just come with me. It'll be fine. I'll talk you through this. She had stated that she researched the way other cultures perceive death and it helped her go through her own loss at that time. And I will say episode six was the episode that caught me in my feels. Without a doubt, just every emotion under the sun. You had sadness, you had happiness. You see Dream reconnect with an old friend that Death introduced him to in this episode. And yes, I'm not trying to give away too many spoilers because it's definitely worth watching, but definitely one of the most emotional episodes in the series. All right, favorite character. Oh, there are so many. I know, because it's a huge cast. A massive cast. And I had a list like five names long, but I narrowed it down. Lucien is one of my top favorites. Matthew the Raven, also one of my top favorites. And I would love to see more of Joanna Constantine. There's been talk on social media of her getting her own spinoff show because that would be really good. That'd be a lot of fun. My favorite main character was Rose Walker, hands down. I was rooting for Rose the whole time. I mean, she was naive, but I felt like I was watching it through her eyes too. So when I didn't comprehend something, she was asking the questions for me. I was like, what is a vortex? Am I understanding what a vortex is correctly? And then she would get the answers. And I was like, girl, you and I are on the same wavelength. (laughs) And then Matthew the Raven was a very close second. Yes. Love Patton Oswalt. I know I mentioned what caught me in the feels, but what caught you in the feels? It was the second episode with Gregory the Gargoyle, where Dream realizes that he has to absorb something that he created to get his magic back. And of course, they made the gargoyle adorable, pull out the heartstrings. And of course, the gargoyle understood what was going on and sacrificed itself. I was just bawling like a baby for this make-believe character. Right? Fictional (laughs) gargoyle got me in my feels second episode in. I was like, what (laughs) is going on here? We'll pour one for Gregory. Should have poured one last night at the cemetery. But anywho, that being said, (laughs) one for the homies, guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you have a favorite scene? I really enjoyed the duel with Lucifer. Okay. And the fact that Lucifer Morningstar was like, I'm going to bring down death and destruction and climate change to fight Dream. And Matthew the Raven steps in and goes, dreams never die. And I was like, oh, it's hope. And that's when... Morpheus stood up and said, I am hope. And the look on Lucifer's face, I loved that scene so much. I love Gwendolyn Christie as Lucifer. Fantastic casting. And I need to see more of her. (laughs) 
Agreed. Agreed. So my favorite scene was when Gilbert dissolved into Fiddler's Green and it introduces the storyline of Rose being the vortex, but it was really Unity's vortex. And this was the huge plot twist in the story where we find out Desire is the father of Unity's kid while Unity was sleeping. Because I was just like, okay, so there's there's this girl named Unity who falls asleep for a very long time. We're talking decades. And she has a kid while she's asleep. So my mind was like, okay, so are they just like not going to acknowledge like a rape scene? That's what I was thinking. They've touched every other thing, but they're not going to acknowledge a rape scene for whatever reason. And then like she gets impregnated by desire while she's asleep and that was the huge plot twist it was unity taking the vortex from rose and saying you know it's totally fine i didn't get to live a life but this is my burden to bear not yours and her giving rose a life to live with her brother it was my caught me in the fields moment Mm -hmm. it was just beautifully done the special effects were phenomenal and it told a really pretty story so that being said, what are you looking forward to in season two? I know there's there hasn't been a, an official announcement yet, but there were some teasers that made me think there's definitely going to be a season two. It might take us forever, not Avatar forever, but we'll get here eventually. But I am looking forward to a season two. Yes. So I know Neil Gaiman said that the Sandman is very expensive to produce and create. So that's why Netflix is kind of holding off. But they, like you said, there are several twists that were introduced. One of them is that Dream did state to Lida that he would come for her baby since her baby was conceived in the dreaming. Mm -hmm. So we have that. We do have Desire and Lucifer making their own separate plans to take Dream down. We also have the missing endless sibling who is known as Destruction. Okay. Destruction in the novel like he becomes a wanderer and he avoids his responsibilities so we might see them looking for destruction who knows hopefully they'll do a season two and we'll or a season three or a season four (laughs) because there's like three thousand pages that neil gaiman wrote and there is an ending he did in the comic and tom sturge said like you can't just pick one story out of thousands of stories it's a process so hopefully hopefully we'll see more we'll keep you guys posted when we get an (laughs) announcement about season two Or you can check your local library and see if they have copies of the Sandman you can read. I love that idea. Do that. (laughs) Writing the Sandman gospel. And now it is time for the Fangirl Spotlight of the Week. The Fangirls Podcast is now on Etsy. Our shop has a variety of original custom-made fandom-inspired artwork in digital download form, with prints inspired by Outlander, Bridgerton, Harry Potter, Marvel, and more. You're sure to find a design that celebrates your favorite fandom. Link to our store and all the info will be in the show notes. Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by Believe Podcast Network, and we want to take a moment and thank you for tuning into our podcast. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts so that we can dish and spill the tea with more fangirls and fanguys like you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear all of our latest episodes. We love hearing from you. So connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Check out our website to see all that the fangirls are up to. We post a monthly shopping guide called the fangirls favorite things inspired by your favorite fandoms. All the information will be in the show notes. See you next time. See you next time. Disclaimer time. Hit it, Melinda. We here at the fangirls podcast are not associated with the following Marvel Studios, the Walt Disney Company, Marvel Entertainment, Disney Plus, Neil Gaiman, Netflix, 
DC Entertainment, Pure Pop Inc., The Blank Corporation, Phantom 4, and Warner Brothers Television. We just want our own Ravens. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.